Rob, as a member of our community, what would you say are the biggest benefits to being a Pro-EDU member? The jelly beans. The, Rob, we don't actually, we, that's not a real thing. That was a joke in a meeting. It's bugles. We give away. Wait, wait. We have like 40,000 pounds of jelly beans oh, downstairs. Son, which ones? What colors? They're multicolored. They're everything. But which flavor? You know, there's themes of jelly beans. I know. Like the traditional original ones? No, th these are um, these are cinematic because we do cinematic tutorials. So there's popcorn flavored, there's licorice flavored, oh, there's popcorn jelly beans. Yeah. So would there's you say would you say the, uh, the it's like oh, you it's well, like you're buying you know would you stuff say the wide array of jelly beans is kind of like our tutorial selection? There's a bunch of there's a wide array of tutorials. Wide array of tutorials right. that you can pop in your mouth to go with your jelly beans. See, but you don't have you ever put a tutorial in your mouth? No. No. Why would I do that? I don't know. It's a visual thing, and it's an it audio got thing. Got my brain working in weird ways. Well, that <laughs> streaming will do that. Streaming will do that. If you go to proedu.com, what are you going to find? You, we invented something called streaming. That's so cool. And there's another thing that you can subscribe and just you know monthly you can come in and go as you as you as you please. You can, you can pick whichever tutorial you want to watch. You can watch it anytime you want, day or night. Day, Answer are optional. Day or night. Oh yeah. But there's no there's there no set hours. No, there's not. You can also if you subscribe for yearly, it's it's cheaper than monthly. Yeah, we added benefit. Not only that, if you subscribe, you get discounts on stuff. You get like for one, you get overlays. at least fifty percent off of all of our post production oh, tools with with the code VIP. That's so crazy. We never should have given that deep of a discount. We got actions. We got textures. We, we got, got all overlays, the actions. And we're coming out with more. I know. Can we talk about it? We, we probably should. We could tease it a little bit. All right. So just there's more code. Go, go to proedu.com. I don't know. Or don't. Don't go to. You know what? Don't go to proedu.com. Why would you tell them not to go? I don't they know. should. They, they should go. Don't, I just and don't check go. It out. Don't go. Don't go to proedu.com and search Rob Grimm bearskin rug. Don't go there and search that. I see what you're doing. It's reverse psychology. No, it's not. Good thinking. I don't. I didn't take psychology. Good uh, Clearly. Even, can you spell psychology? No. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get into this next podcast. Let's do that. Finally. Man. Welcome to the Pro EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're sitting down with Hannah Cousins, who's a portrait photographer based here in the UK. Hannah, thank you for taking some time out of your day to come chat with Rob and I. Thank you so much for having me. It's Absolutely. fun to be here. What type of work do you do? How how do you view your work? What oh, type of photographer are you? That's an interesting... Well, actually, the first thing I do make clear is that I'm a portrait photographer. Because I think, you know, we sort of... We look at the industry, sometimes you think some genres, they kind of, you know, overlap, etc. But I've done all kinds of things and dipped my toe in the water. But, you know, really, I'm interested in people. That's the thing. It's kind of, you know, I thought, actually, it's people's stories. It's their faces. I've realized I don't care about makeup. I don't care about clothing. I don't care about those things so much. It's the person and the connection. So I sort of make it quite clear that I'm definitely a portrait photographer. It's just that I photograph all kinds of people. That's where I can't sort of separate it down anymore. Yeah, you've got a lot of different people, a lot of different galleries on your site. I mean, you right. are, are clearly very busy doing a lot of different things. I like how she says portrait too. Portrait. It's, we've been saying it way wrong. She's no. British. No. That's, well, uh, I, that's great. Portrait. Okay, there's two things going on here. There's, there's being British, but there's where I'm from in North London. So you should, yeah. I, North London is portrait. Yeah, so portrait. it's the, more the kind of like accent you would hear in films from the villains, probably. <laughs> um, so that I'm from that part of town. So yeah, portrait. You're from the portrait. villain part, the villainess. Yeah, would you say of. you're you, <laughs> kind of? You could be a villain. I, I like that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'd prefer to be a villain than yeah. Yeah. If that you were a, a, a villain, better. what what would be your thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd well. Could you be a kidnapper? No, I think that's a bit obvious. No, no she'd I, be more like an some, assassin, I think. Yes, actually, somebody said yeah. that to me once. They were like, you're the kind of person that would give you a nice hug and then stab you in the back at the same oh. time. So take the knife, go in for the hug, stab him in the back. Yeah. So did you take that as a compliment? <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> then you're, then you're perfect for the role, yeah. <laughs> of course. No, it's all good. It's all in jest. But no, coming back to your original question, yeah, totally. I, I do all kinds of portrait work, so it's absolutely everything. Um, I try, I've tried to narrow it down a little bit more now because I realise that the things that I really like to shoot are kind of what I call promotional images for people. So they're kind of anybody that needs some kind of 
image for an upcoming event or a book or anything else is something that is um, what I'd call like a, a professional profile image as yeah. such. So, I mean, occasionally I still have to shoot things that I that don't set my world on fire, but, you know, that's kind of thing. We all have to do that every now and again to... How would you shoot Rob Grimm? How would I shoot oh, On the spot. Well, actually, you know what? I'm, oh, God, it's really difficult. The silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it's, you saying that no, about me. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I suppose, I, I guess at times, now you're American, you're fine with this. So I'm kind of quite... <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, what's well, that? we're going to find out. Shut no, up. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, being British, you kind of like dance around the point a little bit. Yeah, but you're kind of like, you would just say, you've got amazing eyes. You'll just say that. I realize being American, they're just like, yeah. So You can uh, say that to me, yes. Yeah, exactly. So. But then you sort of, you wonder whether you then borderline being creepy. So that's the thing. You try and describe people without being sort yeah. of like an utter creep. But yeah, I mean, you definitely, like the thing is, I'd be like, right, you've got like piercing blue eyes, so I'm going to get straight in, in there. Um, and just in the short time that I've been talking to you, I've been obviously monitoring your expressions. And, you know, <laughs> you, I, I just am analyzing you all, by the way. Right. <laughs> that's what you do but, as a photographer. Yeah, yeah. right. But you're kind of looking at people's faces and I'm sort of thinking, actually, you know what, you get the color of the eyes out for sure. But, you know, the way your face is structured, you know, kind of it's, it's fun when you smile because you've got those laughter lines that come out. Yeah, I show nine rows of, of teeth when I smile. I have a nine huge mouth. Rob, Rob does a remarkable hair whip. I can't do oh, it with the headphones. Oh, no, you know, because you're losing yeah. yeah, Just show her. Just go, I can't go for do it. it. We'll, do it, after, we'll do it afterwards. Yeah. We'll do it afterwards. Do it right now, Rob. Just a little, <laughs> just a mini one. Just to get us warmed up. On. Yeah. Right, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, look, look, yeah. Okay, that, that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I can probably okay. do a better one. But you, yeah. Well, you, <laughs> yeah. well, you've got like a lot more Let's hair. Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh, really? You want to see this? Let's see your hair whip. I'm wearing the wrong top today. This could all go bad. All right, okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, no, that's all gone bad. All right. That was a better <laughs> okay, hair whip than you. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's I got like need, a I know, lot I've got, hair. I know, I've she's got, got like a lion's whip. mane. It's ridiculous. I know. Actually, I, probably need I to used to have that. long hair. Not quite that long, but I was pretty close. All right, let's 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 back up. How did you get into this crazy industry? Ooh, right. So um, long story short is that I've always been... Sort Make of a long story long. Okay, we that's got, fine. We've got, we've got time. Yeah, we've got the time. We're in no hurry. That's good. So I've always been interested in... Uh, kind of creative industries and I was kind of artistic but <laughs> I can't paint or draw to save my life still true today true story um, and uh, so the only real thing that I was any good at, at school was um, you know I was kind of into sculpture and things like that but in the end it was kind of difficult to I was thinking oh how are you gonna make a career out of this <laughs> this is gonna be kind of tough um, and then you know it's one of those I say a cliche story, but the truth is, is I had a, a friend who, um, his dad had an SLR, kind of, we're talking like way back, metal-bodied, kind of proper old school thing. Um, and we shot a roll of film. Um, we were just, you know, messing around and, uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. She showed me a couple of things on the camera and we got the film developed. And I specifically remember seeing this kind of, we'd taken a, taken a photograph of a shoe in a puddle in a park, as you do. Um, but we'd used sort of, uh, you know, and we got that depth of field in there. And I was like, oh, wait, hang on. Wow, you can make something. You can create, like, depth in a picture. with, with uh, the, the, But you can kind of do that without having to draw. This is amazing. So I kind of just picked it up from there and, you know, shot different things and um, tried things myself, got a lot of things wrong. And then by the time I was sort of 16, I was like, okay, this is really what I want to do. Went off to college for two years and did that. Uh, first year was great. Second year was horrific. Um, had a great tutor the, the first year. Second year was so, so bad that I ended up um, sort of trying to teach myself, really, because I was so interested in it. But you know, Were your teachers just not good or engaging? And yeah, was, my first one was yeah. great, and then she moved on to somewhere else. And it, So this was a photography program school? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It was only, only two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the second year, this, this tutor came in, and she, she you could tell she was... Yeah, out of her depth, and you know, you sort of feel awful saying that now because I was what, you know, sixteen, you know, seventeen when you kind of feel like you, you know, know what you're doing a lot more than you do. Um, but <laughs> it was terrible, you know. She would kind of ask me to come in and help her grade the first year's work, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this, this can't be right. This is wrong. Um, so I pretty much decided, all right, well, I need to, you know, I, w I want to continue at the level that I was learning at. So I want to 
you know, do this on my own. So I was reading books. And of course, this is like pre-internet days. And so, um, you know, you're kind of like reading books and, you know, you're trying to do as much research as, as possible. Um, and the platforms that, are, you know, are wonderful and that we have now just weren't available. And so I was just trying to do all these things. And there were some sort of, you know, courses that were run by various institutions, um, you know, like portrait groups and the institutes of professional photography. And I'd go along to these things. And I remember being for sure the only girl, because this was way, way, way back. This is a long time ago. This is like 1999. Um, and I was like the youngest person in the room by far. Um, so I'd often turn up at these things and, you know, you do your best to integrate into, you know, kind of make friends. But I was for sure the odd one out. It was really difficult. But I really enjoyed the days. I, I loved to learn. That's what I really enjoyed. So that's kind of how I got into it and took it into my own hands. Um, and then from there, it's always, you know, you go to careers advice and they, they sort of said to me, oh, start your own business. I'm like, I'm 18. How do I, how do, I do this thing? But I tried to learn retouching because I thought, all right, well, you know, this is kind of a new thing. Photoshop was just kind of coming around. And um, so I, I learned retouching first and I was age 18 and I was doing... Um, I was, you know, making this little business which was fixing people's old photographs that had had sort of like rips and tears in them. Yeah, you know, I'd do sort right. of anything. So you were 18 it's and you had just around. two years out of college. What happened? Don't you guys go to high school up until 18? No, it's a, it's a little bit weird here. It's a little bit different. So you can leave school at 16. So you could what? leave. Yeah, I yeah, know. Kinda, I know. This blows They kind of track you early too. Like you're almost put at least... It used to be. They, they, they almost put you in career paths based on your grades when you're really young, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because I, I understand it's very different. And you know what's super weird is that I feel really old. I think they've even changed it since as well. So probably not that up to date. But we have... Uh, See, what we would call college, I believe you call university, what we would yeah. call university. I don't think it's quite the same. We call college, yeah. Right. College for us is the, uh, like a traditional four-year program. Right, okay. Yeah. So college for us is where you could do something that's perhaps sort of two years, um, and it doesn't have to be as intensive. You might get sort of a lower level. You don't get a Basket degree. Weaving. Yeah, you just get yeah. something that, you know, it's like a lower level qualification. Yeah. But it's good because it sometimes it just helps you. I mean, school wasn't for me. I was not going to be... You know, I did well at school, considering I didn't work very hard. Um, but I was never going to go on to further education and, you know, go and study. We can do, you can do A-levels, so meaning you can go on to another level and stay in the school program for longer. But it just wasn't for me. I just was Were like, you in trouble all the time? No, 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 no. Honestly, I was not. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, you know, it, you, this might be hard to believe now, but no, I was a fairly good kid. Right. Um, <laughs> Minus I, the stabbing people in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just knew where the line was and occasionally I just, you know. Deviated <laughs> from the line, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't bad at all. I just, I, I think I, what I found difficult, I, I, the whole sort of structure of having, I just, I realise about my personality type now is that I'm not very good at wasting time. I sort of like to fill my days with things that are productive. And I found school, like, why have I got to sit here and learn about these subjects that I just, I'm never going to learn. I, you know, I'm not going to care about this at all. And so therefore I sort of found the whole process of having to go and, study this thing that I didn't think was going to be helpful in life just a waste of time basically <laughs> so um leaving and you know going to study something intensely that I knew that I really loved was definitely sort of for me that was much sure. better um and it carries on this story it does get a bit weird but um you know, right. it's like working right. <laughs> let's get to the weird part I know At what I point know, was prison well <laughs> it's worse no it's not um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really not so it, yeah something really shocking happened I was um, you know I was doing all this kind of retouching stuff and you know taking photos uh, by myself I sort of set lights up in my bedroom and you know for my 18th birthday my parents bought me you know my first lighting kit that was kind of you know what I had um, and I was building this portfolio of work um, and I built up quite a few things, and I did some product stuff, and a friend of mine worked for a commercial agency, um, so he would sort of feed me some work, but for some, you know, pretty big brand names. So I was this kid that was in a bedroom that was sort of shooting stuff for Dell Computers and, you know, like uh, GlaxoSmithKline, you know, big pharmaceutical mm -hmm. company here. 
I mean, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't really see me in my bedroom doing this stuff. Right, they didn't know. Exactly, they didn't <laughs> have a clue. But I had a couple of nice, you know, big brand names sort of coming through as not that I would necessarily have listed as clients, but I could put their work. How did they find you or how did you find them? Well, they, they actually had the contract with this guy who was from the designer ad agency. He then, you know, would come up with some kind of brief, um, which, or, you know, or pitch that would involve this photography. And then they'd be like, right, Hannah, this is what I need. I need you to photograph this like this, like this, like this, and then bring the stuff around to me. I photograph, photograph it in my bedroom, and then <laughs> that was that. Little did they know. Um, so that's kind of weird. A couple of times you've mentioned that you, you were, you know, 18 and didn't know what you were doing. Did you feel overwhelmed at this time? Or, or were no. you just so emotional, like, I'm going and just doing this? Yeah, do you know, the other thing was as well that kind of, yeah, it still makes me laugh. Somebody just said to me just now, they were like, so you've been doing this for 13 years. And I was like... Yeah, I don't know how to do anything else, mm -hmm. which is quite scary. You know, sort of. You know, I've had my commercial business for thirteen years. I'm like, I actually don't know how to do anything else. So at that point, it was a similar <laughs> thing. I was like, well, okay, I, I need to. I didn't really know. I just, I just wanted to learn. I wanted to immerse myself in it. I did, the nice thing was, although this guy was bidding me this kind of work. I didn't feel any sense of responsibility. It didn't overwhelm me. He didn't sort of put loads of pressure on me. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. That's surprising. Yeah, it was really. He was just kind of, I mean, because I suppose from his point of view, he was probably getting it done super cheap as well, which really, <laughs> you know, is why he didn't put too much pressure on me. Um, so I did that for a little while and I got a portfolio of work. Um, and then two really bad things happened. Um, a friend of mine, a, a school friend of mine, um, dropped dead on the street overnight, age 20. So just you know, out of it, you know, gone. Um, Wait, which was, how? He just had, he had a heart attack. At 20? At 20. 20. I know. So we'd wow. been out one night. I was dropping my friend home. We lived in this really long road and everybody lived in the same, you know, down the same street. And I was dropping her home one night and I was really annoyed. We were like, why is the road closed off? This is so annoying. There's police everywhere. We're like, oh God. So I had to drop her out and then, you know, went home the next morning and then she calls me and she's, oh, I, you know, she's just crying her eyes out and then she sort of eventually blurts out Pete's dead and I was like what couldn't process anything um and yeah somebody that I'd I'd been all you know I'd known all the way through since I was about six years old just was gone overnight so there was oh, wow. what I was getting annoyed about about the the road being closed off was actually the fact that one of my school friends was laying dead in the street um yeah. so that was like oh my god and then secondly, the same year, my mum got breast cancer. So my own sort of like mortality, because when you're at that age, you just feel like you're gonna live forever. You you're like, oh, I got loads of time, yeah. you know, I'll just do whatever, you go slow. And then I think my own mortality just smacked me in the face. I mean, my mum was okay, but all of a sudden you're like, okay, you know, the time to grow up, you're an adult. This and. I, I guess in a way, you know, losing a friend that early in life, it sort of just made me realize that, okay, you ain't got time. You just have to do everything now, do what you want and get on with it. So in a strange way, it's, um, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a strange, it's a really strange thing. It's an absolute thing that I can pinpoint that say, yeah, at that point that changed my life or my, or my mentality at least. Um, so do you think it was too much? Was it, were you almost overreacting and growing up too quickly? Maybe, maybe. And the funniest thing is, is that from what I did from there is I just was like, okay, I need to get away. So I ended up, I ended up in New Zealand. So I went, well, I went as far away as I could. I was a bit kind of like, I need, to, I need to leave. I need to change. I need what to drew leave. you to New Zealand? So at the time, it was um, it was when all the Lord of the Rings films were being um, were being made, and I actually was dating an animator mm -hmm. at the time, and it looked like an amazing country, and I just thought, I'm going to go as far away from here as I could possibly go without coming back again, mm -hmm. and that was New Zealand. Um, when you actually looked on a globe of you know well, how far away it was, it's like oh, let's do this. I went out once. Um, and then we realized that in Wellington, there was kind of all this animating creative industries. It's very weird. They're very sort of chilled and laid back there as well. And you'd realize that you would be sitting around tables with, you know, you know, just at coffee shops, random coffee shops with all these people that are Oscar winners and everything else. There was no egos. There was no nothing. It was just very bizarre, a really strange time. Um, so we were like, should we come back here and spend some time here? So we did. We went back out. And I emailed all the photographers in Wellington. Wellington was where we wanted to be. And I just said, how is work? You know, what, what's it like being a whatever photographer you are in, you know, in New Zealand? And they, you know, a few people wrote back to me and they were like, oh, it's tough. It's very competitive. It's this and that. And then there was one guy in particular. He says to me, 
are you actually coming out? And I said, yeah, I've got my ticket booked. I'm coming on 24th of September or whenever it was. And he's like, well, actually, you're only going to end up being competition for me. So I'd rather you joined me rather than working against me. So hmm. how about we team up? I was like, awesome. I just walked straight into a job. Amazing, of course. Um, so I landed. Uh, you know, we'd landed. This guy picks me up from the airport, which, I, th- you know, I was with the guy that was dating. It's not super weird. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, good. Good story, Hannah. Was it a Great. van? Was it it a wasn't van. a van. A, a panel van? <laughs> okay, no window know, windows. How, did we, how do I tell my parents this? I'm going to the other side of the world, and the guy's going to pick me up at the airport that I've never met before. Nice one, Hannah. Um, but actually, I was, you know, it was all these strange set of circumstances, and, you know, you can, you know, at least there was websites. You could check websites out then, et cetera. Um, and the next day, so he, you know, he picked us both up and dropped us off. And then the next night, I was given this pass to the um, Wellington Rugby. Um, they he had the contract for the for the sports and rugby teams out there, and he was like, "This is the brief. This is what we need to shoot tonight." Um, you know, we need to, uh, you know, LG the sponsors. We need to make sure they're in. You need to get this in the board. Lots of, uh, you know, some tight shots and this shots, everything else. Here's your pass. Go ahead. And I just had this really. I was super jet lagged anyway just had this really weird first day you're working yeah wow yeah, yeah he did so not weird. waste any time this film no he just threw me straight into work right and it was great and I, I was like this is so strange because i'm walking around this massive stadium to, and of course you know what the kiwis are like with their rugby they're obsessed with it and i thought this is almost like the equivalent of me going to a you know, premier league soccer team's place out here and just having this pass that lets me in wherever i'm going and do whatever I was like, this is, and I remember standing sort of pitch side going, what is happening? This is really weird. Um, and I shot that game, and there's actually, this, still to this day, there's a photo. He took I was going to say, there's a photo you on your that? website. Is yeah, that, that's, is that, that's that first shot. day? Yeah, that's that first day. Wow. So I found, I've, ages ago, I found this photo, and I was like, that's the young me kind of going, what am I doing? What is happening? But so this loving is your it. first day in New Zealand. That's it. Working for a guy you've never met before. Nope, that's right. He just threw you right into the fire. That's it. Wow. That's it. And He's kind of insane, actually, for even trying that out. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But I think there's been a few things that have... How long know. did you wind up working with him? Um, probably for a good sort of eight months or so. Um, but the trouble is... And she stabbed them in the back. Yeah, yeah that's He's right. Not alive He's now under anymore. the patio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really need to stop this because I've got really dark humour. <laughs> people are going to I, I feel like we haven't gotten there yet. So oh, okay, good. Okay, okay, you yeah, guys are up this. All right, good. Um, no, we did that for about eight months or so. But the trouble is what I found with New Zealand is that... You, and he was right. They were right. Everybody that said it was competitive. We had to shoot everything. So we were doing corporate headshots in, you know, some kind of you know, the building someday in a bank. Then I was out doing some on a wildlife reserve, doing something or other. Then I was photographing real estate. It was all over the place. But it was a crash course in photography. It was like, okay, all the skills. Then it's like sports, this, that, the other, you know, like, whoa, you know, all over the place. Um, so really, I just had to sort of get myself, I threw myself into it, and it was the best thing that I, I could have done, really. It taught me independence, and all my skills were probably, I was probably like jack of all trades, master of none at that point, because mm-hmm. um, I still had all the skills that I'd learned from studying and going on these courses, but at that point, I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do, so I learned every, as much as I could from any, any kind of field that I could, and after that, I realised that actually it's people that I want to photograph I'm not really interested in products or real estate or yeah, anything else and even sports was fun but you know it just wasn't quite for me you know it just didn't really suit me so I did that for a while came back worked for some other people um and uh yeah how many years were you in New Zealand it was actually it was probably about it's just over a year it wasn't that long um what made you want to leave you know, it, the, the funny thing was is that as much as I wanted to run away from everything when everything bad happened, there was still the fact that, you know, my mum had battled cancer and I was the other side of the world, so I missed my family a lot. Yeah. I was like, you know what, I actually, this has been great. It's taught me independence. It's made me grow up, but I want to come home. And, you know, also you realise being where I'm from, from London, there's stuff happening all the time. There's people everywhere, and it's nice to go and escape, but 
you know, you can take the girl out of the city, but... <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to the guy? Did he stay in New Zealand or did he come home too? No, he actually he actually came home. I think yeah. he probably should have stayed. But, he, you know, <laughs> 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 we, we do, you know. Um, but he's he actually, now I hear, is, um, stu- has a very successful career. I think he's, he's now working, he's been working on Star Wars and things like that. So I'm, oh, I'm cool. really pleased that, that, you know, things worked out. You know, we that, that little stint that we did. You know, sort of worked out for for both of us, really. Mm-hmm. So, did you have a, a big break after that when you got back? Or was it just like, oh yeah, all right. I'm, I had a really the ground. weird. F- I had a strange sort of few things going on. Um, I met a lady at an event, and she uh, she sent me this email, sort of saying, "I'm opening a, you know, thinking of opening a studio in Chiswick in West London. Um, do you want, you know, how do you feel about coming on board?" And I was like. I'm really young and you know she she was much older and you know more experienced and and then I kind of was looking at the logistics of getting to West London and all these things that sound ridiculous but that's a pain <laughs> that is a massive pain yeah, a to work. yeah and I thought do I really want to be I don't really want to commute do I want to be a commuter do you know what I'm what in what is my role in this if I come into a studio with you what, I'm, what am I doing you know what I'm, and it was a great offer but I think I'd sort of to sort of politely decline and say to her, you know, as much as it would be wonderful to work with you, um, logistically, I'm not even sure how I'm going to make it work. And secondly, I, I don't know whether I'm going to be a maximum benefit to you right now because I'm just trying to feel my, you know, find my feet again and figure out what to do. Um, so I worked for some other people. I, I did work for other people for a little while and sort of ran their studios and, you know, sort of, did a lot of things but the photography. I did a couple of, you know, photo shoots in a family portrait um, studio and, and did a little bit of that. And then my annoying uh, <laughs> entrepreneurial mind just went, wait a second, I can do this for myself and I can do this better. And, you know, that sort of annoying thing that you have as an entrepreneur when you're always like, no, this can be better, this can be better, I'm going to do it better. So... Um, I just kind of took the risk because I thought, actually, you know what? I'm I'm doing all of this for somebody else. Um, why am I? Why aren't I doing this for myself? It was really odd. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. I, I I took the. I was terrified, um, but I sort of thought, okay, there's this little tiny. Because the trouble is, I came back from New Zealand, skin absolutely no money whatsoever. So I was back in with my parents. They had moved out of North London into these kind of what we called the posh area but it was kind of it really is not it's a london suburb but there's very little going on there it's just a little village um and uh there was a little a very small unit um in this village and i had to ring the landlord almost every single day because to be fair to him he's probably like who's this kid wanting to as if i'm going to rent this building to this kid but, you know <laughs> who are you all this um and i rang him every you know i, I left it for a while and then I thought, you know, <laughs> this is something that I want. I just have to really be persistent. And in the end, he was like, I think I just must have annoyed him so much. He was like, yeah, okay, fine, just take it, you know, have it. Um, and I opened my first studio um, in 2005. So I was 22 um, back then. And it's quite amusing. I've got another photo of me on open day there. And when I look at that back at that picture, I see somebody that is... Yeah, you can tell even the way I'm sitting and my body language and everything else is kind of like, oh, oh what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> um, but then you just, you know, I, I I did what I always did for everybody else and people started to book and people came in. We opened just before Christmas. How did you get the word out about yourself and, and kind of market to the, the people in the village and the, and <sighs> the in, Londoners? In the early days. Londonites. <laughs> Londonites. Oh, the, the funny thing was, it was it's weird, this little place, because it's, you, it's, it's on a train line it's a commuter you know it's a commuter little village um but it's very close to a lot of the training training grounds for a lot of the soccer companies um or the soccer team sorry um so you, before long and it's like a bit of a cut through you're sort of you wouldn't be, it's not a destination you wouldn't really mm-hmm. be going to this place but i started to you know i, I had you know, we did various things in local magazines and you know all those sorts of things that existed but i remember getting a really terrible phone call really bad phone signal and this sort of garbled message left on my phone and uh it was from a guy who was a football agent eventually i found out once i sort of translated what this terrible message said and um he represented quite a lot of people um and that was the advantage of being in this 
strange sort of small little village, but the people that live there, you're getting a certain type of clientele. Um, mm. So I sort of ended up doing shoots for you know all these various people and footballers and stuff again quite you know quickly into my career. Um, and I think what they liked about it is that it wasn't somewhere sort of big and public and you've got lots of people coming and going it was this little tiny village and it was uh, it's quite private you could have three parking spaces you could fill up the front mm -hmm. they can get out their range rovers and you know come in the front um so again that one thing sort of led to another because you know he took a chance on me in a sense um it took me a long time to actually end, end up working with him because i think he wanted to play the trust game of are you going to sell these to the paper? Are you going to go and, you know, really profit out of these? Can I trust you? All that sort of thing. But when he knew um, he actually could, he gave me, he fed me quite a lot of work again. And, you know, work that was really quite, I, don't, I wouldn't have got these clients otherwise. This is studio portrait work? Yeah. What were the photos used for? Why did he... So a mixture of things, really. I mean, one of the funniest, um, you know, who's now, you know, she back then, um, it's hilarious to think of where she started. But uh, one of the people he brought in was um, Natalie Emmanuel, who is the um, actress in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, you know, now she is everywhere and hugely successful. But there was a period of time where she was in between jobs. She, she used to be in like a soap opera here on TV and they killed off her character and they needed to sort of, he wanted to update her portfolio to represent her and you know have her the face of various clothing brands, etc. And uh, so, you know, he needed a portfolio of her so that he could put them on his site to promote her and, you know, and again, some of the, footballers similar things but then one thing led to another because then before you know it the, the the footballers bringing in his pregnant wife because he wants photos of, of that and then their kids and I mean obviously those photos those photos will never be seen because of course that's the yes confidentiality between the, between you and the client um, but certainly the ones that they were actively using the kind of deal was that we could both use them um, you know you get paid he uses them um, to promote you know, obviously the model and or the client, whoever it is, but it was very kindly um, allowed me to use them in my own portfolio as well. So, of course, when your general public start to see that you're working with those kinds of faces that are familiar to them, that then be, therefore Instant makes you a bit more, yeah, yeah, credibility, and you know, you're suddenly more desirable as somebody to work with in quite what was quite a crowded marketplace. But yeah, that's my. That's pretty much you know my my story. She it's left a bit prison of a weird out of one. it. She did leave prison. Out. I thought yeah. we were going to get a good. There's a two-year gap. No, we missed there. there's if, still if you, time for prison. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that happened at some point. So I, I noticed on your website you photographed Vinnie Jones. Yes. AKA Bullet Tooth Tony. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. was that like? I'm, awesome. I'm curious because he's one of my favorite. You know he's he's great. He I mean I can only I try to. Um, I speak I don't know if you use this term but I speak as I find so I can only talk you know I don't try and listen to anybody else's stories about a person I just you know when I meet them I can only base off of what they give me um I try not to put you know any other stories of oh is this is that or anything else and it was a little um it was a little bit strange because I just had no idea um what this you know, what he was going to be like I didn't have a clue um and so we he, we organised the shoot for a day where my studio would be closed. You know, like I don't I don't open on Monday, so the shoot happened on a Monday. Pulled up out the front, I opened the door, did a quick hello. He comes in, and then I couldn't believe this, but as I was closed, I was trying to get back in the door. Um, you locked yourself out. No, oh. two people <laughs> walk past and they go, "Well, hi, can um, um, yeah, we need some uh, corporate headshots?" And I'm like, "Really? Now? When I'm just yeah. yeah." So of course I sort of closed the door behind me, um, so he was in there because I thought, "Oh God, I can't just you know, have people coming in." Yeah. Um, and went through the whole, you know, uh, with them outside. I just sort of, you know, talked them through the whole process because, you know, they would still be valuable customers. So I went through the process with them, and then I came back in. I mean, because the the company that we were shooting for, the two representatives of that company um, were in there, um, as was my assistant. And I, you know, had to spend quite a bit of time with these people to politely ask them to call me and come back another day. And then I come back in and I said, oh, hi, I'm Hannah. And he went, hiya. And I was like, oh, this is going to go well. 
And he seemed in a really bad mood. I thought, oh, marvellous. That's this his is character. Go. He's always yeah, in a bad mood. Yeah, kind of. But I just, you just never know. And so I thought, all right, this is fine because my job is just to work as fast as possible, get him in, out. He wants to be on the golf course. So I need to work fast, just get this done. Um, so I was all prepared. And yeah, it was a bit of a strange atmosphere in there, you know, downstairs. And we went up to the studio um, and the two guys from this company, I you know, said to them, I shot tethered and was like, right, this is what's going to happen. All the images are going to come up here. So if anything isn't right, this is your time to say we can change absolutely anything. But you need to see what I'm shooting so that you're happy, basically, because mm -hmm. they're the ones paying me. Um, so I thought I don't want any stories afterwards of, you know, you, oh, you know, this isn't exactly what we wanted. And now we can't reshoot because he's back in L.A. I was like, this is on you. <laughs> You're going to see everything. But I'd already like I've done all my light tests. I was ready to go. We were sitting up there, and um, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, kind of people were you know, up and down the stairs, disappearing, etc. And uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, he sort of like sits back in the sofa, and he was like, "Oh, Hannah Love, how long have you been here?" And I was like, "Okay, what? You, okay, oh, yeah, uh, I've been here for this is the tenth year in this building." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Did you grow up around here?" I was like, "You can't tell from my accent that I didn't, didn't you? Because it's quite it's a more middle class like." We've got different class systems to you. It's a posh, more posh area, put it that way. Um, so I was like, I, how, like many, how many class systems do you have? Oh, it's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, you know, we've got working class, middle class, and then upper class. So our work. What do we have? Don't we have the same thing? Yeah, yeah. but your, I think your middle, your middle class is more work. What we call is it blue collar? Do you say blue collars are lower class, kind of right. more the working class. And then there's white, there's white collar, which is more quote unquote the professional right. level. And that then there's yeah, the filthy rich. Yeah, <laughs> and the filthy rich. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's the red color, the green color. <laughs> it's the starched white color. It's the starched white color. Uh, it all makes sense, actually. I think I, I think I, oh, I never really thought about that. Uh, look, yeah, anyway, I just, you know, I thought I can't figure out what's going on here um, because he was really nice to me. And then these guys come back in the room. I mean, you know he's the alpha male. You know that he's going to, you know, you know, boss people around, et cetera. And then he was sending people to go and get coffee. And I was like, well, I'll, I can go. I know there's one. He was like, you're not going. No way. This guy's going. And I was like, oh, my God, he's from the company. Here's the client. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, fine. And uh, this guy was kind of like, yeah, sure, sure. What does everyone want? Hannah, what do you want? You know, like, Pete, what do you want? He's kind of, you know, being the male, uh, yeah, alpha male here. I'm in control. So he sends this guy off to go and get the coffee. And, and his business partner comes in. And he needed to take a phone call. And then my assistant runs up to me and he said, thank God you weren't in here when, when he first came in. I said, why? What happened? And he was like, he does not like them. I said, what, what, uh, what's happened? And I said, well, they were from, I've got to be careful what I say here, but they were from sort of a snacking company, a, a, a line of, of, of snacks. And they wanted to do the photo shoot across the road in the pub. And they wanted him with a pint like, and they wanted him to be sat you know, in the, in the pub with a pint and these snacks, but he doesn't drink. So he sort of... No way. Yeah, he did it. He was like, I'm not doing this. So I think for the second, they, he, they, I'd missed all this conversation because, of course, I'm keeping the other people out about the corporate work and it shut the door behind me. And apparently this interesting showdown had happened with, you know, between the client and him about he was just like, no, not doing it, not doing it at the pub. So, of course, when I walked in... And you know, he was just gave me the nod sort of thing. All this interaction had already happened, um, so we established quite quickly that he didn't like them. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, this is good. But he, you know, he went through it. He did all the shots, but he just thought he does not want to be here. This is awful. Um, but I did, you know, I think he was fairly happy with with me because I was working fast. I was just getting things done, being clear, direct. Because I thought I just need him out of here as soon as possible if he doesn't want to be here. Because uh, if I'm faffing around and taking time, it's going to be me who's going to be fed up with. And come the end of it. Did you say faffing around? Oh, faffin'. yeah. Sorry, that's really British. Sorry. Yeah, I caught that too. I, I like that. I'm glad you pulled that out because I was thinking, oh, I'm faffing. Like, yeah. yeah. Rob's, always, around. Rob's always faffing around. Yeah, you know when someone's do, like, you don't know do what they're doing. I do often faff. Yeah. yeah. A, Come on, it's the like, king yeah, faffer. Too much faff. Yeah, too much faff. Faffing <laughs> around. I'm a bit king of a faff. faffer. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of a faffer, that one. I do. A bit of a faffer, mate. Yeah, you're good at that. You're good at that. Thank you, That's kind of, yeah, it's good. A bit of Vinny coming through here. Yeah, he then got to we switched we had to switch for two clients but then he was he was shooting for you know he's involved much you know more heavily with the second part so he was doing all this and I thought in the end I said oh, I'm sorry these are f these are full length shots aren't they yeah 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 shooting 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 
And then he goes, um, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm such a portrait photographer, I just want to keep coming closer, I want to get in the face. Um, and he's yelled to his, his business partner, he's like, oh, Danny, are we done with this yet? Have we got what we need? And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we've got it. And I was thinking, all right, he's out of here. And he turns around, he says to me, he's like, right, all right, Hannah, this is your turn. He was like, shoot what you want, this is all your time. And he's like, shoot, awesome. whatever, shoot whatever you want. I was like, are you a serious? Generous guy. I know, like, it, it, really? And he was like, yeah. He was like, you said you wanted, you know, you wanted to take closer up stuff. We've done all that other stuff. So he said, you know, shoot what you want. I was like, really? <laughs> and um, I was like, honestly, thank you. I really appreciate that. So I shot in a style that I would shoot in. Um, and funnily enough, the image that you see on my site, which is sort of came from my brain, not from a brief from the client, um, they switched it out in the end and that's what they use now for themselves, which is, which is awesome and that's really cool. Um, yeah. But it was a nice combination of subject, trust, him giving me the time and everything sort of came right. Signed a model release form for me so that I can put it on the site, uh, put it on the site, show it at presentations. You know, he, he was really How's his generous. You know what? No, it's like a squiggle. That's kind of it. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. But what was really funny about it is, in the end, the language between between us, because you know I, I give as good as I get, which you can probably imagine, um, was hysterical. I'm just like I can't. I, I probably I'm not going to swear. Don't worry. But um, you can. I just you can. yeah, <laughs> just this. I'm like, how is uh, you know he's towering above me, and he's standing this. You know, holding this thing, yeah, you know, like my backdrop, because he was like, "You're too." You're, you're, he's like, "What are you trying to do this for, you short ass?" I'm like, "What? I don't know." And he's like, <laughs> "Short ass." Yeah, he's like, you're short ass. Why are you trying to do this? Quit faffing around, short <laughs> That's ass. That's exactly how it <laughs> works. This is short ass. Quit faffing around. That's exactly <laughs> how it Bloody works. Hell. So of course, before I know it, I'm just kind of like, I was like, I was like, I was like "Oh fuck off!" And then I was like, "I just told Philly Jones to fuck off," <laughs> and he was laughing. He you probably know, loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, because of course I'm small and little and just can't, you know, I don't really think about what I'm saying. But he, yeah, you're right. He did. He, like, he thought course. it was hilarious and yeah, you know, it's helping me move lights and do all sorts of things and it was just had gone from this really it's one of my favorite stories because it had gone from this real strange sort of hostile me saying very little just getting on with my job to in the end messing around he's helping me move lights and I shot what I wanted so it's really nice that he was that generous and that kind and gave me that opportunity to to shoot what I wanted and yeah all I can say is that for to me Thoroughly nice, uh, thoroughly nice guy. He was he was really nice to me, really generous, and you know he, he was lovely. So Good now life. that you've been doing this for a while, mm. like your entire adult working life, and even some of your kid life, yeah. you're, you're a photographer. Yeah. Um, what does photography hold for you? What are you drawn to about the business now that it, you didn't expect would be like the thing for you. Don't faff about on this and answer. No faffing. Just no faffing. God, we keep interrupting. <laughs> no, that's good. No, it's good. That's fine. I need interruption. Trust me. Um, you know the strangest part of it, you know, is somebody I had quite a, a good mentor when I was younger, um, and he said to me, "The thing that you start off doing is not usually the thing you end up doing." Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really figure that out because again, there's me sitting here going, uh, like, "I don't know how to do anything else." But the weird thing that I've surprisingly, uh, you know, the reason that I'm here this weekend doing what we're doing, is I really enjoy the educational side of it. I really enjoy teaching other people. Mm-hmm. And I would never have thought that that was something that I would end up doing. Like, you know, just knowledge sharing and all of that. It's, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's incredibly rewarding. It's a huge gift. Yeah. It's surprising how much you, totally. you enjoyment you get out of teaching. Well, of course, it. as you guys know. Like, yeah. It's, you know, exactly. But it just, I guess it sort of surprised me a little. Um, you know, you start to sort of figure out, you know, wh- what it is and your style and who you are. And I think you're ever evolving as well. But for me, I sort of realized, I'm a, firstly, I'm obsessed with lighting and light and, you know, and people. Um, and then I realized, oh, this is really odd. I'm actually really enjoying sharing this knowledge and seeing other people discover things and you know see their work improve etc i'm like this is really fun i love this so i would never have thought when starting all the way back then that i would end up sort of sharing what what i've experienced and what knowledge i have with other people i always feel that there's still so much more to learn i'm on always learning you never ever stop learning so i don't it's a strange one. I could, as I always say, I'm like, I don't what I'm what I'm sharing is 
how I do things and my experience of it. I'm not saying that this is the right way to do it. This is just how I do it. So if you like my work and you want to get the same results, this is this is how I do it. I think it. one of the great things about teaching, though, is you actually learn a lot from the students yourself. So I mean, there's, true. There's a, there's a huge give back. And, the, and one of the reasons it's so nice is that connection. It's a connection with people. Absolutely. That's why you like connecting with your subject. You turn around now to you know, connect with your students. It's yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And there's nothing nicer when you an email or a message or you know something where they they leave a talk or something and they feel really inspired or they went and shot something and they're like oh I used that thing that you did and they, you know I'm just so I'm, I'm so pleased how it turned out it was so easy the client was really happy I'm like awesome yeah that's, that's really good if it if it helped you that's what I'm here for you know, it's, it's it's great it's really cool so you shoot everything from kids to families to corporate mm. what does your average week look like well, <laughs> I, I mean, I try and filter out. It, it sounds a, a terrible thing to say. I mean, look, uh, you know, I've, I've no, done it, it. 13 years of, of photographing families and chasing children around. <laughs> you know, it's um, I, I that's less where my heart lies, um, because sometimes I find it, it, it I, I can't get that creative with it. I have to, you know, it's a bit sort of like you're you're. You have the children and you just need them to do to be in the right light and to get the right expression. But half the time they're kind of running back and forth like a pinball and you're trying to chase up. You know, it's just chaos. So I think now that I'm a little older, I kind of don't really have the same patience and, and, and tolerance yeah. to, to be doing that if I could help it. So I've tried to sort of cut down on the family sessions that I do. But the good thing is about it is that when I do them, I get paid well for it, so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, just then that's fine. <laughs> I can, I, maybe I can do this. Um, so really, anything during the week, my work can be, it's all over the place, so I do a lot of corporate work. Um, and I'll take that, because a lot of people find it boring, but I find it really interesting. Um, I meet, it's, it, for me, it's a form of networking mm -hmm. as well, because the people I have met and photographed, because they've needed a shot, end up being great contacts and put you in touch with somebody else and before you know it you know everything sort of feeds itself so during the week i try and do a lot of my corporate work i might be going out on site i might be going up to the city and doing that in their boardroom somewhere or they could indeed be coming to me but when i say it's not just corporate that kind of style it's anybody that needs some kind of publicity shot of you know of some kind so it could be a musician it could be a gymnast it could be a stunt woman it could be absolutely anyone it's so varied on who i shoot and then generally on the weekends on the saturdays um that's when i tend to do the you know family sessions or the you know the kids etc so i do just two of them a week now um so the majority of my week i've sort of tried to gradually shift it around so that i'm doing more of what i really enjoy and what i love um and less of what i don't love so much um but if i if i really i'm a firm believer if that you really don't like doing something you really should stop it because you'll just do a bad job so i sort of am trying to it's not i haven't reached the point where i'm like i can't do this that's anymore. why i don't clean <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good point i'm just like i'm if i'm not going to be great at this i'm not going to do it oh uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Dude, you're, listen buddy you're not in danger of being great at cleaning let's just establish that <laughs> i know <laughs> you i just gave up on it i quite like you know that what? mentality yeah oh god yeah. i hate that mentality yeah, kind of like, no, i'm just gonna stop this so yeah i don't want to clean anymore no yeah <laughs> where do you want to take this career five years from now ten years from now what do you want to do what do you want to be uh, i mean yeah i i love the thing is, I, I love my life as it is at the moment. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I don't, I realize things things have happened in my life where I realize making making plans is kind of pointless mm -hmm. because I've, I've thought my life is going in one direction and then it kind of U-turns on me. So I sort of, yeah. And in I, what way? Well, I got married when I was 25 and I got divorced when I was 28. So I thought I was at 25, I thought, oh yeah, this is good. You know, this is kind of how my life's going to work out. Well, nope, you turn, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, this is completely different. Um, for right now, uh, so, you know, last year, my mum got a really rare form of cancer again. Oh man. So she's, she's good. She's in remission, which is in unheard of. We didn't think she was going to see Christmas. So I went from last May being all, yeah just doing this doing that to oh might not have a parent by christmas so life just goes mm -hmm. upside down 
And the other thing too is that, you know, what we found out from there is on Friday, two days ago, I just had a blood test um, because I need to find out if I have the BRCA1 gene, what my mum carries, oh, really? which is the same as what Angelina yeah. Jolie had. So again, I mean, it's the 50-50 chance that I have it or I don't have it. But these things that are in your genetics and your, you know, in your yeah. body that you no have control zero control over will affect your life in some way. So whatever the result will be, it's all fine. It's not, it's not like it's all terrible. There are ways that you can fix it. There's things that you can do. But if I'm positive, suddenly I'm going to be looking at having surgery for the yeah. first time in my life, which means I won't work. That's a bit, there's a big movement in the United States. Women, there's an entire organization called Bright Pink, and they're oh. very proactive in... Pink being, colors. Being proactive about... Um, avoiding cancer and going yeah. into surgery immediately when they find out they're positive for breath for yeah it, uh, it, it's just it's interesting i did some charity work for them and actually hosted a couple events in my studio to awesome. raise money for them um and I, w I was surprised how massive that community is and how supportive they are yeah i think it's it's been a really i mean the thing is that again it comes down to your personality type my best friend has family history and she just doesn't want the test she doesn't want to know um, but for me, I'm kind of like, okay, please take the blood right away. I just, I, I want to know. Um, because there's, the, there's things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Like I say, for right now, you, know, you haven't got to think about, you know, so I, it just means that whatever, you know, I suppose what I'm saying is that it's like at the moment, I'm like, fate, take the will because this is out of my control. I'll deliver the information, whatever you come back with, um, you know, I, I will deal with. I'm a fixer. I'm a right. doer. Knowledge I'm is power. Exactly. That's how I feel. But the strange thing is about that is that although I would love to say to you, right, well, this year, you know, I want to go over to, uh, you know, it'd be great to do some different events in different places, different countries, this, that, and the other. Life can sometimes go, hang on a minute, you've got to right. wait. So, because, you know, I might be having surgery later in the year. I also might not. This is right. the thing at the moment. So that is the way in which I sort of, I try and lay things out. In, in Yeah, I have certain things that I'd like to do and things that I'd like to maybe a, a achieve I, I love my life it's great fun all i do is have fun really yeah um i get paid to do, yeah it's awesome yeah. and i meet great <laughs> people i get to travel i was in sweden last week so you know doing all sorts of things it's awesome i love it so you know as much as i would love to carry on uh, just be more of what i'm doing already that would be that'd be awesome mm -hmm. but as much as i would love to play and plan for five years I realize sometimes life's got a different plan for you right what so. do you do outside of photography how do you let loose Oh, Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we That's would get a <laughs> like this woman. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's terrible. I'm always, uh, it happens all the time. We go out and everyone <laughs> orders wine and there's Jack me Daniels in the corner with Jack Daniels. Too. I know. On two yeah. separate occasions, Rob and I drank all the Jack Daniels on an airplane. And they're like, all the Jack Daniels. Was it only two separate occasions? <laughs> no. That I can remember. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we're a fan of Jack. That's yeah, right. yeah. I, honestly, not an awful, not an awful lot. I, you know, I, I, I don't. One of my biggest problems is that I don't slow down, and I, I probably. Yeah, we're twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have like, no governor. Yeah, you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. It's it's. Yeah, I I know sometimes, but the thing is, I I think. You know, I read an article recently about how being a workaholic isn't necessarily a bad thing if you love what you're doing because it's right. you know keeps you you know you're What's into less it. work when you're in love with it. I totally, think. totally. It's not work when you're in love with it. It yeah. feeds you. Yeah, totally. I'm mean, I'm all or nothing. I'm all of a sudden like working really, really, really hard, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going on vacation for three weeks, and I'm not, you know, I'm just, and then I'm off. I'm, you know, my brain is still going 90 miles an hour, but I'm not on the emails. I'm just, I'm not available. Um, so I do that. I love to travel, love to see different places and do different things. Um, but that, honestly, I don't do an awful lot else. It's it's terrible. I'm an absolute workaholic. And then I travel and I drink Jack Daniels. That's, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Sometimes those things overlap. Cool. Where's your next vacation? Uh, probably to the States, actually, um, in a few weeks' time. Um, my partner's American, so um, there's babies due. So we'll probably shoot out over there for a little while um just you know to family reasons and see baby etc and then uh uh yeah i've been having some interesting conversations um about uh, i've got a contact that i made on a course that i did in santorini she would like us to do a, a lighting course out in santorini so i'm like well what a shame <laughs> i think i'll have to go and investigate that and see if it's any good yeah <laughs> so right. i'll probably head out there for a little while um yeah, I think it's it, again. It's going to be one of these years where, until I find out 
what's happening with me and you know what what uh how that blood test comes back i sort of there's the short-term plans and then i think i'm going to do a big one at the end of the if all goes well i think i'll probably end up back in new zealand and down to australia because yeah okay. it's been 10 years since i've been there and i'm like quite significant that you know I'm 10 years on and I'm going to do a blowout and go out there for probably a month or two at the end of the year and just go back to go back there, see if they've got any more people there. <laughs> do you have full-time staff at the studio? Do you rely on anyone else? No. So, I, so you do everything? Yeah. I, I, at one point, I had two studios and six staff, and I hated every single minute of it. Why? I wasn't doing the job that... I started to do you know that I set out to do I was managing people I was managing staff I was managing just so so much grief and so much drama and I I think I'm probably not the best person to you know I to employ people because I suppose I expect I expect too much of people I just I'm don't I'm not sure why people don't want to be better at something I always think that people that doesn't fit with my mentality I'm kind of like well, if you don't want to be, why wouldn't you want to be a better photographer? Why wouldn't you want to take better pictures? I don't understand this. But then you realise some people they do just turn up, take pictures, go home, get paid. And I'm like, oh, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at being your boss if you're like that. So so slowly, people left. Some people I asked to leave. Um, and some people you stabbed in the back. Yeah, some people I stabbed. And <laughs> no. And then it kind of got smaller and smaller. And my mum, my mum does still, although she's been incredibly sick, she does my accounts, which is amazing. She's great. So she's always on me, kind of like, you know, bottom line, you know, budget, blah, blah, blah. Which is great because I need to be kept in line. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But other than that, no, I do everything myself. Um, Yes, I'm a bit of a control freak as well. But uh, find, I think the, the process of trying to find good staff, is, is, uh, it takes so much time. It's and hard. Then, yeah. So I've just decided to scale it back a little bit. But it's good. And then you realise you've only got a certain amount of time. So then you value your time differently and then perhaps do less but charge more and you know, change things up a bit. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Where can people go to find your work and take your workshops and... Yeah, so I probably, um, it's, it's strange these days because I sort of feel like I, I, use, I use social media a, a lot more. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's, uh, my social media is my um, Instagram is probably the one that, uh, you, know, I don't, you know, I'm not huge with that. But what I do is do, the, you know, like a daily story. I'll take people with me on shoots. So I'm, I'm at Hannah Cousins Photography. Um, there or most of the time, another place to find me. I'm at Hannah Cousins on Twitter. Um, and because a lot of people can't spell my surname, um, my website is just hcphotography.co.uk. How that do you spell it? Me? See, oh, right. So <laughs> this is going to get bad because it's American. So how I would say it is I'm H-A-N-N-A-H-C-O-U-Z-E-N-S. Now, I Z, know that you're C-O-U-Z. There's no D in your name. <laughs> Z. I know. They, the, the Brits take the letter Z and yeah. add two other letters to it. Yeah. yeah. They do say portrait Z. correctly. Portrait. 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 I could listen to that all day. Okay. Portrait. <laughs> if, I'm, portrait. if I'm mad, you get full North London. Have you guys seen Peaky Blinders? Oh. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Full Alfie Solomons comes out <laughs> when, I, when I'm mad because that's the same area. Let's so, oh, no, 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 give no, me no, a good no. Alfie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give me a good Alfie. Give me a Jack Daniels. Oh, no, yeah. I, you know, Someone. Horsehair. We should have a Jack Daniels. Horsehair is the code in our podcast for getting a beer. Oh, I like that. Horse hair. Horse hair. Do I ask where that come from? We should make it Jack Daniels. Uh, Jack and Coke. It came from probably a lot of Jack Daniels. Oh, good. Excellent. That's good to know. Get three Jack and Cokes for right now, and then we're going to wrap up this this podcast with a little cheers. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Hannah, thank you for taking time out of your day to come chat with us. It was a pleasure meeting you, and we wish you the best of luck with the test. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. We'll get you. Thanks for not faffing around. You know those super those super large bottles of Jack that they make? They're like huge like five liter bottles no they they exist and they're amazing so when you get the test and it's positive just send me one way, of those in a straw we'll, we'll send you one, <laughs> we'll send you one. Yeah. yeah awesome actually we, we don't do straws we, we're boycotting they're bad straws. for the environment bad for the environment no but no no, no, no. not if you've got not if you've got the uh paper ones yeah but sure they're gonna break down in yeah. that much jack daniels we, it's in the last down. podcast we started a uh straw a disposable straw business that are edible straws that oh, can be idea. used in bourbon 
Yeah, I think it's going to be hard. We got some serious engineering because the alcohol yeah. is going to break down whatever it is that makes mm. it edible. So yeah. it's got to be something. Which means you got to drink way faster than normal through what a straw. Time. But we're going to save the environment through drinking whiskey through a straw. Yeah, I maybe that's it. You just you have to drink faster in order yeah. to save the environment. Yeah. Hey, then. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I God, love we're it. a mess. I love it. To so download it. this podcast and all of season seven here at the Photography Show in Birmingham. 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 Go to com and also subscribe on iTunes where we publish a new episode every Wednesday. Every single hump day. Every Wednesday. Every. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, and guys. Call, if you need a portrait, call Hannah. She does them well. <laughs> Rob, it's time for the shameless plug. Oh, we're going to make them sit through this again. Well, they might be standing. They might be walking. That's true. That is true. But they just need to know. They do need to know. You need to know, guys. Sorry. What do they need to know? They need to know that they go to proedu.com and they can get every tutorial in the world that's going to blow their mind and make them a better photographer and Ooh, a better business individual. Or a better retoucher. Or a better retoucher. Why do you think it's important for retouchers to learn, to maybe even relearn the correct workflow? Oh, that's an easy one. I think people get stuck in their ways. They are stuck. Just It's like being it's like, stuck like in mud. the mud. It's like that, mud. It, right, exactly. Um... No, it's good to kind of go back and look at things in a fresh way, particularly with something like Adobe Photoshop where it changes all the time, new updates. I think people get stuck in their ways and don't kind of go back and think about, you know, am I using this tool in the best way that it possibly can and in the newest way? Um, it's good to check yourself. Check yourself, Gary. Before you wreck yourself, Rob. Oh! Wreck it, Rob. That's a, that's a phrase to be coined. Right, let's get out of here. Go all to right. proedu.com and just click around if you want to. Or not. They want to. Pro EDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at proedu.com today. By ear, I'll take comfort in that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.